Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 411 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today I present to you one of the most enjoyable things that I have done over the course of the past couple of years. And I want to just provide a tiny bit of backstory on what you're about to listen to, as well as where it has gone from this episode that you're going to hear. So I have a couple of podcasts with my daughters, The Mind, The Mirror, and Me with my daughter, Mackie. Uh, please go listen. I'll put a link in the show notes to the podcast and follow and subscribe. She is wise beyond her years, and it's an absolute joy working with her. And then I also started a podcast called Murder on the Couch, where true crime meets therapy with my daughter, Sydney. And it got a lot of hype before its release. I know it was featured in Apple's upcoming trailers, and I talked about it a lot, and it, it we really hit the ground running. The true crime category is the largest podcast category, I think, by far. And then I know we we were able to get out four or five episodes. And so just as The Mind, The Mirror, and Me is Mackie's baby, Murder on the Couch is Sydney's. And I have had to practice my very own process of differentiation or learning what is a me issue and what is a them issue. And I had said to them, these are your podcasts. I'm here to co-host and help. And then I got to learn that I was a little more of a podcast micromanager than I ever knew, than I ever could have anticipated. Meaning that once I said, hey, these podcasts are yours, boy, I I so noticed me wanting to push my, I don't know, like podcasting values of consistency and we got to get these things out weekly and et cetera and et cetera. But let's just take murder on the couch. So Sydney put a lot of work into the episodes that we have done and she learned that as much as she loves the genre, It really wasn't something that she necessarily wanted to just stay focused on forever. And I'm grateful for that. I I want her to be able to pretty much figure out her own path, her own lane. So those episodes still get downloaded regularly and they've done really, really well. So it's a me issue to think, man, if we would have stayed on that, then who knows where it would be because I never in a million years anticipated that the virtual couch would have millions of downloads and, and found its way into 150 countries. And then Waking Up to Narcissism is currently being listened to at a rate of almost twice as many people as the virtual couch, which I absolutely didn't think that would happen. So then sometimes I think, oh my goodness, true crime and consistency. But again, that's a me issue. But she came to me and then asked if I could go on and do relationship advice for stories that she found on Reddit. And I have not been a big Reddit guy because if you're not familiar It is definitely a thing, the relationship advice, and there's some other categories there too. So we did a couple of them, and those, I think we even put one or two of them out under the murder on the couch name, even though there's not really anything to do with true crime and and murder, maybe a couch or two is in there. And those also have done well, but most important, it was just so much fun riffing with my daughter about relationships and mental health. And then meanwhile, I have this amazing social media agency, the Yeah Yeah Agency, and they're ramping up my social media accounts. But my daughter, Sydney, suggested that she handle my TikTok account. And at that time, which was probably longer than I think in my mind, it was uh, it was a few months ago, but it could have even been a year ago. That was when she said that I was at, I think, a few hundred followers on TikTok. So I just thought, sure, why not? I barely knew anything about TikTok other than a lot of my clients would come in and ask me questions about something that they heard from a therapist on TikTok. Apparently, TikTok therapy is a thing. Then I would just get on there, start finding some of those therapists, and uh, I really didn't think too much of it. 
But then I'm recording therapy things for the Yay agency to post on Instagram as reels and and I throw them in a folder and then Sid takes them and puts them on TikTok. And I start getting a little more traction and it's kind of fun to see the, the little bit of the TikTok therapy vibe. People are pretty kind in the comments, something that I, I assumed was just going to be a bunch of negativity. And then the first one goes viral, as the kids say. And I had always told myself, I, I don't really care. I'm just I, really, you have to just detach from results and just put content out there because that's what you do and that's what you're passionate about. And sometimes it is hard because you are human and we compare and all those things. So then I'm not going to lie. It was, it was kind of a rush to come out of a session, just hit refresh. And then every hour, 10,000, 20,000 more views until you get to a million plus, And then there's a few hundred more followers. But then bigger than that, the comments were just amazing and powerful and people feeling seen and heard. And, and Sid's pointing out that there's a whole little community growing in there and people supporting other people and suggesting things. And so then she suggests that we do a live relationship question and answer and offer relationship advice for the aforementioned Reddit stories, but do it live on TikTok. So what you're about to hear is the first one. And I don't really remember the exact date. It's just been a few months. This one, I know it's only been a few months because last night, January 31st, 2024, we just did our 11th or maybe it was our 12th. And the one that you're about to hear was about 45 minutes, maybe a little clunky. But even then I was blown away that I think maybe 4,000 people were on the live. But then the one last night was an hour and 50 minutes and we could have gone all night. It felt like it was 10 minutes and there were 18,000 people that viewed it and 500 comments and questions. And it is just a joy. It really is. And currently it really is a family affair. I have to give so much credit to my wife, Wendy, is there managing all the comments coming in and then putting up on a separate monitor, a separate screen, a shared document that has all the questions because they're coming through so fast that it's hard to read them. So we've got these questions and then, yeah, there are some, I I think for for lack of a better word, the the good old internet trolls that are stopping in and, and they're saying some kind of crazy things. But my daughter Mackie is doing an amazing job answering questions within the comments and then a good moderator then just quickly dismisses the people that are saying things that don't need to be said in in the comments. So I I could not just be more grateful for their help with that too. So I'm going to start posting the audio of those as a bonus episode, hopefully every week. But if you like what you hear and you want to hear more or watch the video, please go to my Virtual Couch YouTube channel because Sydney edits them and puts the video up there. And she's adorable to watch. She really is. And I have such a fun time with her. But if you want to do one better, uh, watch them live and just follow me on TikTok at Virtual Couch or follow me on YouTube or on Instagram at uh, Tony Overbay underscore LMFT because we're going to start streaming them live on all platforms, hopefully simultaneously in the not too distant future. But TikTok for sure right now. And we do this so far a couple of times a week. And again, there are just so many wonderful questions about relationships and anxiety and depression and ADHD and narcissism and emotional immaturity and self-care and mindfulness. And I just, I love nothing more than when Sydney helps me understand something that I had no clue about with regard to the proverbial kids these days. I so appreciate you listening. I welcome your feedback. A lot of what we hear now during the lives is, is honestly about the relationship and openness that my daughter Sydney and I have. If anything, if you are a parent and you're struggling with your kid, whether they are young or grown up or you feel like they are unreachable right now, I, I really don't feel like it is ever too early or too late to work on how you show up in the relationship. 
And I'll be really honest, as you listen to future episodes, Sid hits me with some big feelings and some things that I truly didn't know that I didn't know about a relationship while it was unfolding when she was in high school. So I really am in the moment. And all of the things I talk about from sitting with discomfort, feeling invalidation, differentiation, meaning everything is ultimately a me thing. How do I show up? How do I react? Why do I react the way I do? And it really is a a way to grow. You have to interact with other human beings and individuals if you're on this, this path of growth, because that gives you data to then realize, am I just reactive or am I able to respond? Do I need to do more with my, my mindfulness practice to be able to build in a pause so that I'm not just immediately reacting to get rid of my discomfort and then maybe causing a little bit of a uh, little bit of damage along the way. And then, but then I apologize. So then I get rid of my discomfort and I feel good, but not really being aware of what that does to the person that I'm in the relationship with. I, I can't wait for you to hear this. And I will tell you, I'm living all those things and feeling all those feelings and it can be really difficult. But it is so incredibly rewarding, and and I think those things show. So without any further ado, I present to you the maiden voyage of the TikTok relationship series. So go follow us, watch the latest episodes on YouTube, or sit tight. You'll hear them in order as bonus episodes on the virtual couch. Hey, Sid. Hey, Dad. Okay. Wait, we can get gifts from the TikTok universe? This is Tony's first live. He's learning the, the rap. Wait, is this on the computer? Okay. <laughs> we're going to do relationship advice today. This is like we're on FaceTime with ourselves. Yes. And relationship advice is what I do literally for a living. Yes, Tony's right? a therapist. I'm Oops, a, sorry. <laughs> and I also was showered with uh, yerba mate. Cranberry pomegranate. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Should we just start? Yeah. Okay. So this is the first one. Okay. My dad's 43 girlfriend is trying to get rid of... You're not rid- talking about you, though. No. I'm like literally your dad. Dude, I didn't think about that. If anyone just like swipes oh. up, they're going to think... We just... we One time we did this, a story about this girl who had like an STD from a koala. And she did. That would be me now. Okay. Wait. No, it's not, but I'm saying, like, yeah. if someone just scrolls through, this is dangerous okay. for me. But for people joining, I am a real-life therapist. Yes. family therapist. Okay. And this is my daughter. Okay. But this story is not about you. No. Okay. My dad's 43-girlfriend is trying to get rid of me. 15-year-old female mm-hmm. is OP. Okay. My mom passed away five years ago, and I think of her every day. My dad went through a really bad depression, and I had to take care of myself, basically. During the Christmas holidays, my dad told me that he had been seeing someone else for a while. I noticed that he was that he had been happier, and I guess I was happy for him. I didn't want him to be lonely forever, but I did feel like my mom was being erased completely. He never wanted to talk about her, and he got rid of all the pictures with her in them. Oh, how old is the OP? Fifteen. Okay, and then how do we do this? Do I jump in? Because I, I can't... You can interrupt. Okay. Because I think the what's interesting is, and I, I'm so sorry to hear that her mom passed away and the dad not talking about the wife. I mean, he needs to be more aware and be more curious about what her experience is. Mm-hmm. And I get that people don't want to deal with the emotions. So sometimes they just think, well, if we're not talking about it, then it means that we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But man, we all want to talk about things. Especially for a child, yeah. like a kid, a 15-year-old kid, like their brain is still developing, like they need 
yeah. to talk about. We all want to be like heard. That. We all want to be seen. And people, we, we have a natural tendency to run away from any kind of uh, emotional discomfort. Mm-hmm. And so it's the old, if I ignore it, it'll go away. But it does not go away. No. Yeah. Okay. During the Christmas holidays, my dad told me that he had been seeing someone for a while. Oh, I met her on Christmas, and usually my dad and I put the star on the tree that day. We would put the star on the tree and watch the Grinch. Okay, so we got some little Christmas tradition? It's our tradition, and we kept it even when we were grieving my mom. It's the only tradition from when she was with us that we actually kept. Oh, that's nice. When his girlfriend came over, he put the star on with her while I was in the bathroom. Also, we didn't watch the Grinch because she hates it. I know I sound spoiled and childish, but I was so angry. (laughs) We've been doing this my whole life. You said I could cut you off. (laughs) I got to know the Grinch. Are you a Grinch fan or not a Grinch fan? Personally. I literally could not care less. Really? No. Are you a diehard? Um, So it was a Christmas tradition. So I would always watch it. Yeah. The cartoon version. I like that one. Okay. Don't they have a real one now? Yeah. Starring Jim Carrey. I don't know who that is. (laughs) It's the only tradition from when she was with us that we actually kept. They put it on while I was in the bathroom. Okay, wait, that's, that, my joke brain wants to say, well, how long was she in the bathroom? But that's irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't matter. She's like, I was taking a fat <laughs> Okay, no. Okay. Also. But no, they should not have done that. That That's, come on. Yeah. Also, we didn't watch The Grinch because she hates it. I know I sound spoiled and childish, but I was so angry. We've been doing this for my whole life, and she just came in and destroyed it. The whole night, she didn't even bother getting to know me at all. Okay, can I just tell, how selfish is that? Because we, we just go in, and we're not aware of what we're not aware of. But if you are the adult human being in that situation, go in curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with the going in there and saying, hey, what do you guys normally do? And you would think that, like, she would be trying to make an effort to get to know this child because yeah. like, it's going to be part of her family. Okay, can I start talking about, I already think I know where this one's going. In the world of emotionally immature people, people immediately take others as a threat. And so they don't make enough room to have, people can have multiple opinions. There can be two different opinions about something. So she it sounds like the woman coming into the relationship that was already viewing the 15-year-old as a... Uh, like- Competition? competition that was what i was looking for which is that is i work with so many emotionally immature narcissistic people that and that they there's either a good or bad black or white all or nothing so if this person likes your dad and i like your dad mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it's on and they have to take with this one-up position by doing things like oh let's hurry up and uh, put the star on while she's in the bathroom that's incredibly immature for real okay so the whole night she didn't even bother getting to know me um, at all. She was all over my dad in front of her, okay, and pretty much ignored me. She's she's asserting her territory. Like, y- the daughter does not want to no. F your dad. No. It's her dad. She does not want, that's you, not the you situation. You have a hard enough time with your mom and I hugging each other, right? I can't imagine if yeah. there was a new, new lady in the picture. She, I do not have a hard time with <laughs> you and mom hugging okay, each other. This is a test. I'm <laughs> testing. Okay. okay. I didn't like her. Because she gave me a bad feeling. Okay. So I never got close to her. She complained to my dad about it, and he got mad at me for not making me for not making her feel welcomed. Oh. I felt bad because she makes my dad really happy. So I tried being more friendly with her. Why is he putting? I know. Why is he, his priorities are completely wrong? So again, we we I mean, think about all the things that you do in your life to get rid of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just saying, "I need you to do this to make me feel better." And, and that's a form of control. And I say so often, you can have love or control in a relationship, not both. Mm. Love is like, how are you feeling? Control is, 
hey, I need you to do this. I need you to welcome her and I need you to like her and I need you to not make this bad for me. That's a lot of selfishness right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Why is it that like so many people like feel the need to control in a relationship? It's, I think this is that. I would say we don't know what we don't know. And so the thing that we do know is that if we think that we know, is if we can control a relationship, then we have the best chance of it continuing. Mm-hmm. But then it's the it's like this exact opposite thing because you have to be able to be in a relationship and then let that person thrive and have their own opinions and thoughts. And then that's the whole concept of you need to be curious about them. But then we're wired that if somebody else has a different opinion than you, then you immediately think that they're telling you you're wrong. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You ever felt that? Mm-hmm. So if somebody just says, here's what I think, that's why people are so opposed politically. If somebody says, I think this... Then the other person thinks, oh, that means you think I'm wrong. Oh, no, this is my opinion. And then you can, again, curiosity, curiosity. It, it didn't really kill a cat, right? Do you know that phrase? Curiosity killed the cat? Don't pull a dad joke right now. I'm not even trying to do a dad joke. I'm saying curiosity is the key, and it gets a bad rap because sometimes people are curious, but then they still go, yeah, but in their head. Like, I might say to you, do you know about this thing? And then if you say something about it, and I'm like... Yeah, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if I were to... Th- well, you and I are on the same page with this. What if there isn't so much right and wrong, but this is how I think, this is how you think? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea. Like, there's duality in every yes. situation. It's yeah. like, even when you, like, 100% think that you are right, Yeah. someone else who's lived a different life with different experiences would laugh at you. You know what For I mean? Sure. It's just like every perspective is completely different. Okay, again, not a dad joke, but a lot of times people say, well, just common sense. But I remember uh, doing a speaking event once and somebody was talking about common sense. And, and I talked about over in a third world country that I was aware of that if a little kid sneezed, do you know this one? What the mom does? So Bless we, you? No, nope. You know, we use tissues. I don't do them very well. But then uh, there she would just reach down and then suck up the, yeah, and then spit it out. So they see us using tissue paper and they think, that's insane. It doesn't even make any sense. And we see them and we go, that's crazy. So, I mean. Dude, you know what? When I would go to Egypt, all my friends would make fun of me because we don't use bidets here. Oh, bidet. They call it We are wrong. We are wrong. And literally they'll look at me and they'll be like, Sydney, you have a poop. I don't think you can cuss on this. I don't think so. But yeah, it's like poopy bum. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Americans. We all just got. Yeah, we got to figure that out. That's we embarrassing. But so that similar thing of you know using tissue paper in your nose or mm-hmm. that sort of things. Anyway, where were we? Right, um, wrong. Two different experiences. The watching the Grinch, the cartoon version. She's taking a poop in the toilet. Oh, and they hang up the star, and, and then Dad the says, star. "You need to like her." What if Dad said, "Hey, champ, what do you think about her?" Literally, yeah. Not a bad start. Because you've had... Versus you like her, right? You, I mean, he's not in a relationship with his daughter, but you've had a relationship with her for 15 years. You've known this lady for three months. Yeah. It's just sad. Okay. In front of my dad, she was nice to me, but when we were alone, she ignored me or spoke to me with attitude. I feel like that's every bad movie that you ever see. Dad leaves and she's looking Mm -hmm. a little... Yeah. Okay. (laughs) She's like, bye, sweetie. (laughs) Okay. She even told me that I was a brat and I make my dad's life harder. Gosh. I told him, but he didn't believe me and yelled at me for trying to sabotage his relationship. He said that I wanted him to die alone and be sad and that I was selfish. How about a little drama? 
I was so shocked because none of it is true. My dad, this, my dad basically treated me like I wasn't there at all after that. I felt like I did when my mom died all alone. Oh, that's so sad. Okay, can I throw out my uh, beloved? So I'm a, people join on here, I'm a real live marriage and family therapist, and I've worked with about 1,500, 1,600 couples over the He's last lying. 17 years. I dare you. But I've got these, and I was just working on a new marriage course tonight when you came into the office, and there's, I call them my four pillars of a connected conversation. But if the daughter says, I'm having a hard time, the dad can say, well, you need to like her and you're making this hard on me is super selfish. And so I say, all right, you got to assume that there's some good intentions there, that, that she's not trying to hurt him, meaning the daughter's not trying to hurt her dad. So if she says that, then in my second pillar of the connected conversation is you cannot tell the other person you're wrong or I don't believe you. Even if you think they are wrong, you don't believe them because it's their opinion, kind of like we were talking about, which then leads to my next concept where then ask questions, questions before comments. So instead of, do you know what this means for me? Tell me more. What's that like? Take me in your train of thought. What do you not like about her? But at this point though, the guy is, it sounds like pretty darn emotionally immature. Well, and it's like, it's like you said, it's making assumptions. Like, yeah. I feel like I do that all the time. Like I'll, I'll think that someone is mad at me and then I'll like, Oh, for be, sure. Yeah. Like, like I on guard, right? Yeah. Like a B word because I think that they're mad at me and then it's like they weren't. And then right. you're just, you're kind of creating a lot of the situations, you know, for yourself. Oh, absolutely. And then, and that's one of those things where I always think this one sounds like I'm being mean and I promise I'm not, but it's that concept where it, people aren't thinking about you as much as they, you think they are or not mm -hmm. thinking about me as much as I think that they are. And so then that's where, again, if we can go in there with more curiosity, that would help. There's also a thing called, uh, it's called nonviolent communication. Sounds a little nerdy, but it's the thing where we, when we make an observation of somebody or something, we attach a judgment right along there with it. And the best place to do this is I'm if listening. you, oh yeah. <laughs> but if, if you like go to the mall and you like to people watch, which I, I'm down for, I enjoy people watching, but just be aware. I feel like once you see this, you can't unsee it. But if you are aware that if you tell me what you would say, that if you see a very beautiful woman with a very slovenly guy, what's your immediate judgment with that observation? We've been over this. <laughs> He's a monk. I'm just kidding. I do not know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> he's what he's what, what were you gonna say he's, well he must be rich he must be rich or he has like a really good sense of humor well that would be I the guess. nice judgment but, but like but your immediate, immediate social yeah. judgment would yeah yeah be immediate that, yeah and I so guess. and i'm saying just once you're aware of that it's really fascinating because mm -hmm. you you see something and you immediately make a judgment it's part of what we do part of the human condition oh they did bad on their tests because they must be lazy or they must not care mm -hmm. it can't be because they were never taught the right skills or tools or whatever. And we make judgments with our observations to try to make sense of things for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, got to be aware of that is what I'm saying. So he sees, dad sees the OP being what he thinks is not supportive of him. So then he says, you're a brat. Yeah. So now she has to defend her bratedness that she's not even being a brat. She's being a 15 year old human being that lost her mom and hasn't really been able to grieve, mm -hmm. which that that's the part that breaks my heart. And is now being expected to, in some way, like replace her with this woman. Yeah. No, yeah. So, okay. Stayed up one night. Is that where we're at? Oh. I told him. Okay, we'll go right here. In front of my dad, she was nice to me, but when we were alone, she ignored me or spoke to me with an attitude. She even told me that I was a brat and I make my dad's life harder. I told him, but he didn't believe me and yelled at me for trying to sabotage his relationship. He said that I wanted him to die alone and be sad that I was selfish. 
I was so shocked because none of it is true. My dad basically treated me like I wasn't there at all after that. I felt like I did when my mom died, all alone. Oh, come on. I stayed up really late one night because I just couldn't sleep and wanted to sneak in a midnight snack. Okay, right there. Did you ever do that stuff? I did that last night. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) The girlfriend was in the kitchen. You you left like the the pan you always leave like crap in it i had to let it soak but the water didn't even go up to all the way where the line of the stuff was okay this is literally not even therapeutical advice (laughs) tell me more about that what is that need you have to leave the the residue of cooked food in the bowl i stayed up really late one (laughs) i stayed up really late one night because i just couldn't sleep oh this is okay back to here did you think Uh, i was telling you yeah i'm like oh tell me more okay I just couldn't sleep and wanted to sneak in a midnight snack. The girlfriend was in the kitchen on FaceTime, so I decided to be nosy and listen. Oh, by the way, perfectly normal. Can I just tell you that? Anybody listening, I love when people will say to me, and I know I shouldn't have listened, but but people do. I mean, that's where I want to, I just want, there's at some point I want to just say that we have to accept that there's part of the human condition that is very curious and Mm -hmm. wants to know, because I cannot tell you, I've been a therapist 17 years, thousands of people I've worked with, and, and inevitably somebody says, you know, and I, I know I shouldn't have, but I looked at this thing that was out and it's, or just say, and then check it out. I looked at it or, and then I walked in and then I started listening and we need to not beat ourselves up about just some of the things that people do as being human. So what is your opinion on like when someone goes through their partner's phone? Yeah, that's a great question. So I personally feel like what in a perfect world, somebody's living a life where they would feel confident enough about the things that are on their phone. And so then if, if somebody now, ideally if you say, hey, I would prefer if you don't go through my phone, but just because that's a you, that's a me issue, because maybe you've had people that have taken advantage of you or, I don't know, stole stuff off your phone. I don't even know what that would look like. But if I really try to keep myself in a position where there's things on my phone that if somebody did ever see them, then I, they would say, well, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's I'll tell them. I don't know, but what do you think, though? Is that an old man thing in me? Well, I Because I, I feel like if somebody's being super authentic and they don't, it's like, what is there to hide? And if the other person has a problem with what's on their phone, that's a them issue. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I know, know how I feel yeah. about this because I did do it once. Uh-huh. Okay. And how did it turn out? <laughs> and I found out that he was cheating on me. So, then, so it's like in that case. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I'm cheating on somebody, I'm kind of a... Wait, what can we say? Well... Yeah. What are you going to say? <laughs> not a, not, that's not ideal. So then, and that's the part where I almost feel like if, if, if I'm like, geez, oh, you, you know, why you want to get on my phone? That's because what you just did right there. But then there's also yeah. like, why didn't I just, I don't know if I'm at the point where I have to be searching through his phone. That's a good point. Why am I with yeah. him? I know I've been, I've been and talking about, why I was I've been writing him. about this thing. <laughs> yeah. Is that the person that got the PlayStation? Uh-huh. I got this man a PS5. You did? Yeah, I should have peed you, on You him. did? You uh, you bought that? Okay. Big deal. <laughs> okay, there's the question. If you are are like maybe cheating on somebody and you get they get you a PS5, should you give it back? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Actually, no. I don't want to. Oh, I could have sold it, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah you could have. Yeah. That's true. Okay, but I like where we're going here because, so let's talk about the concepts of, I call them leading indicators. So if you are to the point where you are checking on somebody's phone, it is because I want people to trust their gut more, quite frankly. And this is where I often feel like we overlook a lot of red flags. I call it turning red flags yellow because we don't want to think that that's really what happened. You know, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure that isn't what I think it is. 
And so, but then if I can go in and have the confidence and be curious and say, hey, tell me about, uh, I don't know, can you think of a good example? Because I run into this stuff all the time in therapy. There's a, okay, here we go. There's a concept called Occam's razor. You ever heard of that? Mm -mm. And Occam's razor is this concept where it's like the most obvious thing is the thing. And so the example is if, if a guy comes home and he's got lipstick on his collar and he smells of the bar and he's late and then his wife says, where were you? And he says, oh my gosh, I was helping a bunch of baby seals across the street and then this old lady fell and then I picked her up and then her lips hit my collar and then she was carrying a bottle of beer. She dropped it on me and then I came home. That's, mm -hmm. and then the wife wanted, that's where it's, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, that makes me feel better. I, I would hate to think that you were cheating on me. So Occam's razors, a lot of times, is probably the obvious thing is the thing. So so trust your gut a little mm -hmm. bit more. But then you have to have the courage to then say, okay, I don't know if I'm buying that. But then you do that long enough, and now all of a sudden, now I want to look through his phone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I feel like for me, it helps. It helped me a lot to like tell my friends what was going on. Yeah, keep them accountable because like. When you're like in love with someone, they can do anything. You know, like they can yeah. literally do anything, and you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cute." Well, we, were I talking, get it. we were talking about this on another one of the advice ones. Where are you looking? If you're asking your friends, are you really looking for advice or are you looking for validation? Because if you're saying he really couldn't be cheating on me, right? And if your friends are all like, "I think he is," and you're like, "No, well, I don't, I don't want to listen to you." What does another friend think? And if they're saying he's probably not, and then if I go, "Yeah, I don't think so either." Because there's so many times that are we looking for to be validated versus because a lot of people don't want to be told they're wrong. That one's hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like it's even like more embarrassing to be wrong and not know it. You know, yeah. oh, like, I mean, that's what's hard because I and again, as a marriage therapist, it, there are people that I will even start working with somebody that let's say they're divorced or they're out of a unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I, I say, OK. Now is your chance and you just got to be honest with me and give me all the red flags and let's just see. Let's just keep an eye on them. And people say, no, everything's great. I mean, this time I, I see nothing. But then after the guy does them dirty or whatever, and then they say, yeah, I mean, he did tell me to go screw myself all the time. I had to pay for everything. He left me broken down on the side of the road. And but I, you know, and I would think, well, why didn't you tell me that? And it goes back to because I didn't want to believe that that was bad. Yeah. I would hear all these things and think, oh, it's probably not as bad as I think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm mid contour. I know it was this thing about when you powdered my head when on one of the murder in the couch videos. Yeah, guys, let me know if his head is too shiny. I can I can get on that. It's matte finish tonight. Okay, not a, not a high gloss. <laughs> that wasn't that funny. I don't know why it was I laughed. Funny that you laughed. I at know. It. I'm embarrassed. That I laughed about that high gloss. <laughs> matte was funnier. Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> My dad basically... Anyway, okay, now I'm looking at this and somebody hearted and thank you. They're probably hearting because Matt was hilarious. Heart it right now if it wasn't funny. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, no. That's a delay. It's probably a delayed response. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. I stayed up really... Oh, already about that. She was talking about my... Okay, so she's, she's eavesdropping on a FaceTime call oh, yeah. with her dad's new girl okay is that a nice thing new girlfriend the girlfriend was in the kitchen what i thought you were gonna say the dad's new i don't know what the kids say these days <laughs> side piece i don't know what else that's not you i don't know but what would it i, I, I don't want to get yeah. taken away from here okay it's one of my favorite things though is learning all the things that i don't know what means mm -hmm. yeah i taught we taught tony what a munch was I still i'm not quite sure we taught sure. you what what else do we teach you it will come oh choogie 
Oh, yeah. We taught him what he is. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> if I remember what that was, I would be very offended right now. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the girlfriend was in the kitchen on FaceTime, so I decided to be nosy and listen. She was talking. Oh, that's what we were talking about, and I was saying that's normal. She was talking about my dad and how much she loves him. Then she said that he had this dumb daughter, and she wondered if it was too late for adoption. Wow. I feel so bad for the OP. She is in... 15. Her mom died. Her dad's being a total weenie. And she's disrespecting her in her own house. Yeah, but she already knows, the OP knows, though, that I can't go tell my dad because he's he's already not believed anything that she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good... That sucks. Yeah. That sucks to feel like the relationship that you had with your own father, like, means nothing when a new, like, a romantic interest comes well, in. Well, that's where... Oh, I'm ridiculous. telling you, so I work with a lot of couples, and by the time they come to couples therapy, kind of what we were talking about earlier, it's been pretty bad. I wish people would go to couples therapy early so they could know what they don't know, mm-hmm. but people come in, and then often, let's just go with the gender stereotype, wife finally talks husband to coming into therapy... And then she says, I feel like you don't you don't listen, you don't hear me and understand me. And then he says, well, why haven't you told me anything? And I'm kind of like, I'll take that one because you don't listen because you've already told her that's stupid or she's wrong or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, over time and establishing a pattern like that, then she's not going to open up to her dad now. I have to burp. Oh, do it. I'll cover for you. <coughs> okay. Don't okay. cough. You can't cough. People don't like coughs. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it coughs better than a burp, which is probably better than a fart. <laughs> you I'm think like, fart like, is a bad word? No, but I was then like I'm working through. <laughs> okay. Then she said that he had this dumb daughter, and she wondered if it was too late for adoption. Mm. Her and her friend laughed at that. She said that I was a little b-word, and she hated me. Her friends then said something about boarding school or military school, but wow. I left, so I didn't hear the rest. She just slapped her. Mm. I was so exhausted from all the crying I did, so I actually slept. I didn't tell my dad, and I don't even know if I should, since he probably won't believe me. I really miss my mom. I kind of want to go live with my grandparents. Yes. But now, but I don't want my dad to think that I'm leaving him. What can I do? Can I even do anything? How can I get my dad to listen to me? Would I be wrong for leaving? No, not be wrong for leaving. And I feel bad because the part where, how do I get my dad to listen? And I get asked this one a fair amount. I actually just did a podcast episode and, and where I said, it is absolutely on the parent to maintain a relationship with the child or the adult child. Because if it's strained, it's because the parent hasn't been able to get rid of their own discomfort or mm-hmm. hear their kid or, or that sort of thing. Because we, okay, we were talking earlier about the observation and judgment thing. But, but as people, though, I mean, you are viewing every single thing through your own lens. And so that, so a parent, that's why I say the parent has to step outside of their own ego to be able to try to hear their kid and not mm-hmm. just react and be defensive. And I think that's a, he's expressing a very, very big sign of emotional immaturity of not being able to tolerate any discomfort or be, or think that he is doing something wrong. So he can't be, so she's the one that's wrong. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that just kills me. And I think it's something about like being, or some parents sometimes there's like something with just because you're the parent, like oh, I hate you are right. You're better. Yeah, you're just smarter. Because. Yeah. But, like, this person has lived an entire life without you. Like, you could learn from them, yeah, you know? And it's yeah. like, if you look at it like that, it's like, being wrong isn't so bad. Like, why are you freaking out there's about a, There's a, it's an interesting time when you start to realize that your parents don't have everything figured out. I don't know, I'm, you probably haven't hit that yet. <laughs> Never. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Maybe on the next live we'll hear. Yeah, let's get into when, that. Yeah, when, when Sydney first realized that her mom didn't have it all figured out, her dad did. That was probably awkward. <laughs> That's a bad word. Remember that was a bad word growing up. That was the S word. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, I wasn't. I couldn't say shut up. Yeah. I couldn't say hate. Right. That was the H word. I couldn't say butt. <laughs> you lived a sheltered life. It was crazy. Okay. <laughs> couldn't watch Drake and Josh. You could watch Drake and Josh. I don't know where that one came from. For real. You could watch the Rugrats. Your neighbor's. Oh, the Rugrats. You could watch Drake My and favorite. Josh. My <laughs> favorite. Okay. Do you have. Oh, I think there's actually another update on this. Okay. Do you have anything oh, else? Oh, yeah. So, can, she said, How can I get my dad to listen? And this is where I just feel like an acceptance that my dad is not listening. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody. Okay, this is a big one, too. If you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they are not willing to sit with their own discomfort and be curious and hear and understand where you're coming from then anything you say to them, I call it, they now look at that as an attack surface. Yeah, right? And so then they're just going to respond and, and tell you what, all the different ways you're wrong. So if there's no curiosity, the more emotional calories that you spend trying to get your point across, the more they will attack. Mm -hmm. And then, so then at that point, it's almost like the more you try to have this conversation with this person that you care about, the worse you're going to feel. So mm -hmm. that's this like complete negative effect. So at some point, if you notice that they are not in a position where they're hearing you or being curious, then basically now you have learned that I am not going to be heard right now in this situation. So then I need to not, I need to stop. And that's where I would love for them to turn to their grandparents. Mm -hmm. That would be really helpful. So yes, that was what she said is, is it okay to live with my grandparents? And absolutely yes. And I think we identified that she's 15. And in most states in the U.S., I think you have to be 12 to be able to go in front of a court and do that but i know she also says i don't want a, my dad to be alone but he's well not. he has it's his just, crazy girl yeah, he'll be right. fine he'll she be. will keep him entertained yeah okay hi since my last post i spoke to my grandparents and told them everything i asked if i could stay with them if i wanted to or i asked if oh, i could if stay with say them no? if i wanted to and they agreed okay. i then spoke to my dad again and tried to tell him how i felt and what i had heard i didn't want to film or record because i knew that he would be mad at that and wouldn't listen. Hey, what do you think about that? What? I'm actually kind of a fan of people recording things. So that because over time, you know, the good old concept of gaslighting, mm -hmm. where then they'll be told that, no, that you never said that, or I didn't say that. I told you you could stay with me the whole time, where mm -hmm. in the moment the dad, I would imagine, when he feels like he's being attacked, it, with all the data he's given us so far, he's going to respond like an immature little kid, tell her she's wrong, I can't believe you're leaving me, or something like that. And so then that's where I'm a fan of recording. So would you, are you, do you mean recording, like just putting your phone up and being like... That's a good question. Because that, I feel like yeah, that would set no, them off. Yeah, sometimes even just having an audio recording for your own for sanity. For your safety, yeah, too. Yeah, for safety and sanity would yeah, be good. I get that. Yeah, and I got to be honest, too. There are some states that are one record state or a two-party two, two consent state. Oh, yeah, I've heard about but, that. But that's if you're going to... I'm Oh, boy, I'm not going to give legal advice. <laughs> but, but if you're... Give, wait, if, give bad legal advice. They can... I mean, I think it's Take nice. It that, I think salt. it's nice to have a, a recording for yourself for your sanity because mm -hmm. you, you know this one. We talk about this concept of man. Favorite new word: confabulation. Confabulation is where our memory is pretty fallible to begin with. We have a almost like this memory of an event, and then our brain fills in all the 
like gaps. Yeah, all the gaps. So then if we if something was a negative experience, then every time we bring that memory back up, we tend to remember kind of the bad things about it. And then we put that memory back away. And then that is the memory now. Mm -hmm. So I was and you're probably tired of this one, but I give the example of it was last year, Christmas, Disneyland. Mm -hmm. We all went. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. We had churros every day. And I don't know, the whole family was there. Lots of fun. And so then every time I bring that memory back out, then I pack it with even more stuff. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride was cool. The Airbnb was nice. And then I put that memory back away. But if somebody is has a pretty negative disposition, then they remember it and they think about the pulling into the driveway in that Airbnb. It would scrape your car all the time. Not going to lie. That's the first thing I thought. Was it? <laughs> yes. Negative, you know? <laughs> or or they think about, gosh, the churros were like eight bucks and we got them all the time or whatever. And so you then... You create your own you, reality. Yes. Yeah. But it does suck that... It's not really intentional in the beginning of no. your life what you grab on. It's really you know? not. That's a great point. Yeah. And but so then, yeah. I feel like you can kind of like grow your brain like a muscle you kind can. of thing. Yes. And that can get easier as you go and you can like start to collect the happier things and it like will like become that. easier. It's called a, it's called your implicit memory or what it feels like to be you and it's based off of your slow residue of lived experience. And then they also say that the brain is like Velcro for the negative, hangs on to all your negative experiences, and it's like Teflon for the positive. And it's it's like what a, is Teflon? Teflon is this like a nonstick surface. The reason we can clean out the pots after you leave all the sauce in them is because they're coated in Teflon. So you can like wipe the pot out. Sauce. <laughs> sauce is like is spaghetti sauce or something mm -hmm. like that. Is that what you normally burn? Or no? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but that, but so Teflon is like a nonstick surface. So when you look at that, the brain, nonstick surface for the positive memories by nature and, and Velcro for the negative. But that's like this evolutionary biological safety mechanism oh. because we're built to then be so worried that if I don't, if I just allow myself to not worry then I'm going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or something. It's still in our DNA. Yeah, no, that makes sense why, yeah. like, your brain would think that you have to hold on to the negative because, like, that's the stuff that you learn to, like, protect yourself yeah. against. That's why the stuff like anxiety, your brain really meant it meant to do well because it was like, we should probably worry about if I turn a corner and there's going to be a band of marauders that yeah. are not like the band that plays music, but the ones that would attack you. So then it's, I'm going to be a little bit anxious as I turn the corner. But now things aren't as now scary. Now I'm anxious when I open my eyes. <laughs> exactly, right? And that's like, and that one's kind of a, that's a lot. Yeah. So then our anxiety just got a little bit, sometimes it got a little bit out of hand because 99% of the things that we worry about don't happen, but we're like, but if it does. So when people say that like your anxiety is because there could have been a lion or whatever, yeah. I don't, I don't really get that. I mean, that, that's, yeah, it's what's saying. It's like, it's literally like in our DNA, mm -hmm. um, in our, they call them epigenes that have been passed on throughout centuries and centuries of this fight or flight response, the survival skill. So, but we, yeah. Why is it that some people have like diagnosed anxiety? And then like, yeah. are you saying that every single person in the old, old times was anxious? Pretty much. But here's the thing, though. They also say that you're the neurons in your brain that fire together over time, wire together. So if you're constantly anxious, then what happens is you start, that becomes your like baseline of normal. And mm -hmm. so, and then now you're talking about this, this thing called cortisol and that's your stress hormone and cortisol happens. It keeps your heart rate elevated. And when your brain is kind of flooded with cortisol, you're not really thinking about things. You're in this more reactionary moment. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to flee. And so then if you're constantly in that state, then what your brain eventually does is says, 
I think we're, I think things are pretty scary all the time. So let's just go ahead and stay right here. And that becomes your baseline. Yeah. And then even stuff like your reaction, how quickly you're like, you can go from zero to 60 really fast. And that's why all the things like meditation and mindfulness and it's designed to overall lower your like resting heart rate. Mm -hmm. So it takes longer to get you all worked up. Mm -hmm. And that's where then you have the time to go. I notice I'm getting frustrated. I'm noticing that person's pulling in front of me on the freeway. He must be rushing to the hospital to have a baby. That's what I always say. To he must be. That's why I say I think it's hilarious, right? Somebody cuts me off in traffic now where I used to get really angry. But now it's like, I am noticing that that guy is driving erratically. Maybe he is in a hurry. I always just tell myself, because I'm terrible at driving. So if I almost hit someone, it's that could have been me. That could have oh, been me in the car, you know? Okay, and yeah. I don't hate myself. Yeah. That's why when people, uh, there's a thing called the amygdala. The amygdala is like the part of your brain that, that does the fight or flight stuff. And there's a thing called the amygdala hijack. And when your heart rate gets too elevated, then all of a sudden your brain just kind of goes from like rational part to just, oh, it's game on, mm-hmm. fight or flight response. And at that point, then when people say, well, what do I do in that moment? And then you you're, can't access your rational part of your brain. So then I'm, I often say, thinking I'm funny, but the only thing you can do in that moment is build a time machine, go back a couple of years and start a daily meditation practice because you really have to start lowering your baseline cortisol level, your baseline heart rate so that then you don't get as quickly amplified and you have time to build in that pause sometimes to remove yourself from a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than the time machine though, then when you get out of that situation, then all you can do is give yourself some grace that happened and then try to to do things that will help help lower that overall cortisol level. I kind of forgot what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I was just kind of rambling on there myself. It's nice. Hold <laughs> back in? Yes, okay. grandparents. I asked if I could stay with them and if I wanted to, and they agreed. I then spoke to my dad again and tried to tell him how I felt and what I had heard. I didn't want to film or record this because I knew that he would be mad at that and wouldn't listen. He didn't believe me again and thought I was jealous of having to share him with someone else. That's insane. I got upset and told him that I was leaving so he could live happily ever after without the burden of having me around. He looked shocked but didn't say anything. Oh, I was about to say, that's one of those where it's, is it good or bad that he he already hasn't shown up for well, he, yeah, he, by not yeah. saying anything, like, good riddance, yeah, you dodged exactly. a bullet, and that yeah. sucks that that's your own father, and I hope that it gets better, honestly. Well, we've talked about this a lot, too. Acceptance, radical acceptance, that happened, because it really is difficult to try to beg somebody to love you, or and but, man, that's a scary feeling mm-hmm. to have. And, and it, yeah, but the more that she would try to get him to get it, the more he's digging in his heels and saying, no, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just sucks, because to her... That is her father. No one else is her father. Like, that is her dad. Like, that is her person. Mm -hmm. And then to him, he's just seeing it as, like, this stupid situation where she's jealous. It's like, I don't know. It's just, like, it's so messed up. It's one of the, as as a practicing therapist, one of the biggest challenges is this concept of being differentiated or recognizing, like, where I begin and my other person ends. Like, I always talk about we're all codependent and meshed. Then we go through life and then we become differentiated, which is where one person ends and the other begins. But the more you become differentiated, then somebody like her dad's, don't, you can't do this to me. You don't care. And then it's like, it gets that person back into enmeshment, but then they're losing their whole sense of self and what, and it's almost like I'm going against my own gut reaction and not paying attention to my own feelings. And that's where people get in this, the enmeshment just gets like really deep. Mm -hmm. And so one of the best things you can do is to become differentiated. But then I always say there's a bunch of invalidation in the middle. And we don't like invalidation. We don't like tension. We're, we're, we're so worried it's going to be break out into contention that we like keep going back into this unhealthy mm-hmm. 
space, even if it's with a parent. But you're, you're right, though. We have this deep need still well into our adulthood to want our parents to care. Or, yeah. You know? Say that I just, care. I care. <laughs> you petted Psych. me. Um, oh. <laughs> it just sucks because I've, I've seen it with a lot of my friends, too, where they just, like, like I said, that's your dad. Mm-hmm. You don't have another dad. You are going to just naturally crave their validation but it sucks because that is just a random person it's like you don't get to choose who your parents are you could literally be married or married you could literally come out of the womb the womb of like a literal psychomaniac and you should never seek for her validation you know what i mean so it just sucks that so many people feel like they want to make their parents proud when it's like their parents are not they're, Good yeah. people. No, okay, we, we've gone a little while. How about I wrap this up with a little differentiation talk? Mm-hmm. We haven't even finished the story yet. Oh, we haven't. Okay, but what I want to say, what you said, though, that I think is so smart is it it, it, it stinks and it's horrible. And, again, here's your uh, lovable practicing therapist advice of if you – every single thing becomes this opportunity for you to, to self-confront and grow, meaning that if she continues to try to get validation from her dad and it, and it is not happening – then as much as that stinks, the acceptance is that I will not be getting validation from him. Mm-hmm. So then now I've learned that that is not somebody I go to for validation. Mm-hmm. That's not somebody I go to for emotional safety. But that doesn't mean then I'm broken. What's wrong with me? It means now I need now it's up to me to find somebody else to get that. And not validation. even that. She doesn't need to find anyone else. She well, needs eventually to get, she doesn't. Yeah, you're she, right. She can give that validation to herself. No, like, you're right. You do it. not need anyone else to tell you how to live your life or like that you're a good person like if you know yeah that you're a good person you're like surrounded by good people you know but i feel like and you're so right with that because at the top of the mountain of self-awareness is or enlightenment is i don't need anyone else to tell me i'm okay but it just stinks because in a healthy relationship we're designed to deal with emotion in concert with another human meaning that then if i have a safe human being that i can interact with that isn't trying to tell me you're wrong and you know what you did to me and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then it's somebody that's curious about my experience. Cause then you're like, you're two people looking at an experience and saying, well, what's that like for you? You know? And Oh, interesting. Cause that, this is what it's like for me. And then that's the way you can help look at your own experience. If that makes sense. But when you're sitting there continually trying to defend yourself or why don't they love me or what's wrong with me, then we're so far away from that path of enlightenment of, Oh, this is what I've now learned in this situation. And ultimately you know, you really want to go find your own path. I know as cliched as that sounds, but and and your parent is supposed to be somebody that says, "Hey, what can I do to help?" Not, I don't like that you're doing that, or do you know what this does to me? Because that's selfish of the parent, and, and I've never done that to you, ever. <laughs> but yeah, Good it's, it is just, it is pathetic that he's like he's looking at his own fifteen-year-old daughter yeah. and saying, "You're just jealous of me." No, she needs a dad. Yeah, she does. Oh, not that, you. But. I, I know what I was about to say, man. Insert unfortunate joke there where, okay, if she's not going to have the support of a real dad, dad issues, the, anybody? He, he's opening the door oh, for he's her. Oh, saying, please, go have some dad issues and then I can not, yeah. Mm. Okay. I had already packed my bags and had brought some things to my grandparents' house already. My dad didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. My grandfather picked me up and I've been there since. I haven't gone home and I haven't heard from my dad. My grandparents told me that they would handle my dad and that I shouldn't have to be the one doing it. Thank God there's one adult in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm upset that my dad hasn't called or texted me once to see if I'm okay. That's a joke. At the same time, I'm feeling so much better being with my grandparents. My grandmother is 
probably the sweetest person ever. My grandfather is a little rough around the edges, but he's really a softy. Okay. I'm glad that OP got out. And that's another thing, too, where I feel like when people are so used to trying to, to beg for people to love them or care about them, that then when they get out, out of those unhealthy relationships, throw them a little therapist stamp of approval on there. But most everyone I work with then feels a little bit of a sense of relief that they never knew would because it's so scary to let go of that type of a relationship, mm-hmm. thinking the I need to get that person to love me. But when they realize, okay, again, I can't from this person, when they get out of that situation, it's that whole stress level dips yeah. a bit. Yeah. Like, it's probably really scary. Like, at 15 years yeah. of getting validation from this guy, and then all of a sudden you have to just throw yourself into the real world and, like, figure out how to do it yourself, yeah. you know? Do you know that concept of an old soul? Yeah. Like, in a, in a younger kid person? Uh-huh. I used to think, that's so cool. But do you know why people are typically old souls? Because they've been traumatized. Yeah, they've been through it. So sometimes they've been parentified or they've had to get their own validation or take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And and again, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's just a thing. Mm-hmm. And then if that is somebody, then that's something to then start to lean into. But sometimes, you know, unfortunately, you maybe miss some of the fun parts of your childhood. And, and it's never too late to go explore those. Buy a coloring book. For real. That's when that stuff got really popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. coloring books or all that kind of all that kind of stuff. Okay, Sid. We are we done? Yeah, we out. I'm an old man. I gotta go to bed. I gotta it's, Tony, it's past Tony's bedtime. Yeah, I gotta see clients tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. So I am super grateful. We had a lot of people on there for quite quite a while. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. And we will be back and uh, answer more questions. And we'll is, actually answer questions. Yeah, and, and what just, is the best way? Send them in the. Just they can just send them in the chat. Okay, send them in the chat, and then we will answer questions. And I'm super excited. Thanks for everybody's support. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, guys. I don't know what to do now. Mm, flip them off. <laughs> no. How dare you? How dare you? Tony loves you guys. I love everybody mm-hmm. except for mean people. Like, now it's like thing. the chuggy old man. I know. Look, I'm like, poking. Oh, Whoa, what's look. this? Oh, I gotta do this right here. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. He's working on. I really, it. You're gonna do, make you me do know. this myself. <laughs> okay. Oh, mm, there's got- a button over there. <laughs> Okay. okay I'll, start, I'll start telling jokes. <laughs> no, please, no. I'll walk. My okay. This is a this one's applicable. One of my favorite two line jokes. Oh, I forgot it. My dang it. Wow. My what's it? It's, wow. Imagine okay. if you were like on a stage right now. When I, I do when I speak on stages, I don't tell two line dad jokes. There was one like I got a step ladder because my real ladder left when no, I was a kid. No, you always that try one. that one. It's, it's so, funny. It's literally not funny. It's very funny. Okay, try to turn it off. I really don't know what I'm doing. Okay, that thing, you think is that one up there? The, the way that we've gotten more viewers when you tried to turn off the live is so funny. Really? <laughs> they like the jokes. Next time we'll be getting and, uh, on here and okay. Tony will just try to be figuring it out the whole time. Now I want to think of another joke. Okay, all right, I'm doing this. I'm pressing it. I'm pressing it. Ooh.